Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for your daily LSU baseball update with Musso at the Box. Now. Matt Musso. And welcome in to a game day edition of Musso at the Box. LSU, they will be back on the diamond tonight for the final Wally Pontiff Jr. Classic game. This time hosted at Alec Box Stadium. They welcome in a familiar foe in this contest. A familiar foe overall. In-state rival, University of Louisiana Lafayette, Raging Cajuns. We'll get your preview on the Cajuns a little bit later on. Also go through, of course, our SEC uh, recap our from from week number five. Hit the halfway point. How the rest of the league do? Take a look at some of the national rankings now that every poll is out. And uh, of course, look, Jay Johnson met with the media yesterday, so get to some of the high points from what Coach Jay had to say uh, coming off the weekend at Arkansas and looking forward to uh, another four game week here for the LSU Tigers. First, remind you, as always, go ahead, get subscribed up to the podcast, however you find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. If you're listening on the 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge website, just go ahead, get subscribed up. It's the easiest way to get the podcast each day when posted. Follow me on Twitter at Musso Matthew. Link posted there each day as well. It's always fun to interact throughout the week and uh, definitely, definitely during the games themselves. So let's start the Tuesday show how we start. Each Tuesday show with a look back at week number five in the SEC. Uh, look, the usual suspects were added again. Obviously, you know Arkansas, what they did against LSU. Uh, the Tennessee Volunteers, after dropping game number one against Alabama, took games two and three rather convincingly to take that series, run their record to 14-1 and one overall at the top of the league, a three-game cushion, 33 and three overall on the season. They remain consensus number one across the country. Uh, For Alabama, short-lived stint in the polls, dropping out of the polls uh, after that series against the Tennessee Volunteers. As kind of for the rest of the top of the league, Georgia, who will come into the box a couple weeks from now, uh, they took it on the chin a little bit to Texas A&M. It's really been tough going for a Georgia pitching staff that many thought would be near the top of the SEC. That's the talent they have on that staff. Some injuries, though, including to ace Jonathan Cannon, have really just exacerbated issues that honestly have existed there 
the entire year. I mean, they lose game one to A&M. They win the middle game. They gave up 23 runs in game number three, though, to lose that series. It's the second time this season, uh, second time this SEC season alone, that the Georgia staff has given up 20, also gave up 20 in a game three to Mississippi State. So the Bulldogs sit at 9-6 and six overall. That's still good enough for third place alone in the SEC, but uh, maybe a little bit deceiving with just what's going on over there in Athens, they they dropped all the way down into the 20s after that series loss to Texas A&M. Uh, a big one over in the East this weekend, really kind of the other marquee series matchup in the conference outside of LSU-Arkansas was Vanderbilt-Florida. They were playing on ESPN2 for, for two of those games. Uh, the Doors, the Vandy Boys, took the series, winning the first two games, a walk-off in game number one on Friday night. Then Florida would salvage game number three in extra innings in Nashville. A, a, a Derek Fabian home run put the Gators up by one in the top of the 10th inning after Vanderbilt. Uh, Jack Bolger tied it with a two-run shot in the bottom of the ninth. That uh, that one run, the solo shot by Derek Fabian, was good enough. Florida would hold on for a 4-3 to three win, salvage at least one game. So you have Vanderbilt sitting at 7-8. and eight, uh, Tied with LSU, actually there for fifth in the SEC, and uh, Florida at six and nine, uh, bunched together with South Carolina uh, and and Mississippi State. Mississippi State, who took two out of three from the Auburn Tigers this weekend, and in a result that I'll be honest, I, I was surprised by. I thought I thought Auburn was just the better team. I thought they matched up really well with Mississippi State, kind of like LSU did. Uh, Auburn had been pitching it really well. Uh, the rotation had kind of started to come together. You know what that offense is, that lineup for Auburn with uh, with with Rambush and Sonny D and those guys matching up against the Mississippi State pitching staff. That look is the weakness of that squad over there in Starkville, but they were able to get it done. A walk-off walk in game number one. It was a wild game, number one in Starkville last Thursday, but that would jumpstart the, uh, the series victory. Uh, the Ole Miss Rebels continue, continue, continue to struggle. It's really, really nuts, honestly, when when you look at it. It's a it's a really good lineup. They did have the injury to Graham, uh, but still, good lineup. Just missing that one guy. It's been the pitching staff that just has not come together with McDaniel, with Diamond. Uh, they thought they had some guys at the start of the season who could carry that rotation after losing to Casey and Hoagland. That just has not been the case. They've tried to piece it together as best they could, but it it really just it has not been enough for Ole Miss. The Rebs this weekend dropped a series on the road in Columbia, South Carolina, and look, the Gamecocks have just not really been a great team. I mean, record-wise, they're not all the way in the cellar in the Southeastern Conference. They're close. They're one game out of that, but statistically, they are kind of the worst team uh, in the league when you look ERA, batting average, things of that nature. They're they're just not great, uh, but they've been able to jump up and get a few people. I mean, look, we've talked in this segment right here about them beating Texas two out of three when the Longhorns were ranked number one, jumping up and getting Vanderbilt earlier in the season. Now they got Ole Miss. The Rebels won game number one, lost the final two, and that finally drops Ole Miss out of the top 25 for good as well. So, uh, oh, almost forgot LSU's opponent this week, the Missouri Tigers, uh, Missouri is tied for dead last in the SEC. They are, however, coming off a series victory at home versus the Kentucky Wildcats, losing game number one, winning games two and three. Sit at five and ten in the league, twenty-one and twelve overall. Uh, Mizzou can hit the ball a little bit, man. And you know what's also interesting? 
They get hit by the ball a lot. Second most to LSU in the conference. Now, it's a distant second, but it's still... You get top, top two teams being hit by pitch. Maybe that'll be a huge key this weekend at Alec Box Stadium, Skip Bertman Field. But again, Missouri. So back to the original thought at hand. Uh, they do win that series against Kentucky. It's not a great pitching staff, but Missouri has made up for that, hitting the baseball quite well, 290 on the season so far, and, uh, and hovering around some of the elites in the SEC when it comes to uh, offensive numbers. So. Uh, LSU's pitching staff will absolutely have to be on their on their A game this weekend when they host the Missouri Tigers in Alec Box Stadium. So uh, just overview there, looking at LSU future opponents, how they did this weekend one more time. So Missouri, the most immediate, they won their series. Georgia lost their series to, uh, to Texas A&M and has dropped all the way down into the 20s in the poll. Alabama, a future opponent, they lost their series at Tennessee, dropped out of the polls. Ole Miss lost their series out at South Carolina, dropped out of the polls. And uh, and the Vanderbilt Commodores, they won their series over Florida. Results of the rankings for the Vandy boys are mixed. You'll see them sometimes in their 20s or in the 19s, but uh, also unranked in a few publications as well. So look, it kind of goes into what we were talking about yesterday, right? When you when you look at you come off that Arkansas series, you got swept. It's not a great feeling, but you look at what's ahead for LSU and you look back on the first half with perspective that look, this club was 4 and 11 last year at the halfway part halfway mark in SEC. They're 7 and 8 this year. Has it always been pretty? No. Have they left games out on the field that they should have won? Absolutely they have, and we've gone through plenty of them. If LSU fields the baseball better in about four or five games this year, they have four or five more wins, and a majority of those are in SEC play. So, no, it hasn't been great, and they have issues. But again, looking back on that first half with perspective where you were 4-11 and last year, 7-8 and this year, and you realize that this team is better than they were last year in every aspect except fielding. They're better offensively. They're better on the mound. You look forward at what's next and see that the teams, while the schedule's still tough, those teams are are slipping a little bit, but they still sit high in the RPI. Opportunity is there for LSU. I mean, look at Georgia, y'all. Georgia is the number three team in the RPI. But their their pitching staff is, is dwindling, and they've lost their ace. But they still sit that high. Could you maybe take two out of three from them? Absolutely, you probably could. So uh, there is plenty of opportunity going forward. Long way to go. And I think going through the recap even deeper today, it demonstrates just maybe how some of those teams, where they are, LSU can beat any of them remaining on the schedule. But yes, LSU can be beaten by any of them remaining on the schedule. It's to the core principle we talked about yesterday. It's not that LSU is a bad baseball team. They just lack consistency in a game that is very hard to achieve consistency game to game and week to week. So that's week five in the Southeastern Conference. Let's turn our attention now to the week ahead. Look, it begins with ULL tonight at the box in the final Wally Pontiff Jr. Classic game. It begins a stretch where LSU will play eight of their next nine games at home after 
not having played a home game since the midweek grambling matchup before Mississippi State. You'll remember the game against Lamar in the midweek was postponed prior to Arkansas. So it's been a while since LSU's been at Alec Box Stadium, Skip Burtman Field. That was not lost on Jay Johnson yesterday at his media availability. Talked about being able to return home for this stretch after a long road swing that ended poorly up in Fayetteville. So I think it's going to be really good for us to be back at home. The other thing that goes missing is, you know, we're, we're constantly, I'm talking about the play and developing and improving. Um, good players can do that anytime, but it certainly helps to be at home and, and to be able to, you know, pull, you know, a player in, you know, on, on an evening and get in work in the cage or in the morning and or on the infield and, and those types of things. So it kind of allows us to get back to that. And I'm really excited about that. Now, if you're talking non-conference, absolutely. Uh, LSU's been great in the non-conference at home this year. Conference play, those home series and conference have not gone the way of LSU as of late. We've talked plenty about it, right? They've lost six of seven home conference series dating back to last year. So you got a great opportunity with Missouri and Georgia the next two weeks. Can you execute well enough? We'll see. Jay thinks it's a good thing they're back home for improvement's sake. Let's hope it is. Uh, But, you know, in the non-conference, they've been pretty darn good at home this season. And that's where we begin here with the University of Louisiana at Lafayette coming in tonight. So kind of a look at the Cajuns Uh, overall on the season. ULL, they are 20 and 15, 9 and 6 in Sunbelt Conference play. And what's important to note is right now they come in hot. The Cajuns have won 11 of 15 games. It's a lineup that's not extremely deep, but does boast four 300 hitters. They're led by Carson Rockefort. He's kind of the guy, leads the team in batting average at 345, leads the team in home runs with seven, leads the team in RBI with 40, and also leads the team in steals with 15. That's something you absolutely have to watch with this offense from the Cajuns. It's not an overly powerful team, right? 28 homers as a club, 55 doubles, but they steal. When they get on base, they run. 78 stolen, excuse me, 79 stolen bases in 98 attempts. It is something they like to do. It is something that they are efficient at. Those 79 stolen bases rank ninth in the country for the Raging Cajuns. Top 10 team On the base path. So, look, whoever behind the plate for LSU tonight, whether that be Hayden Travinsky or Tyler McManus, they're going to have to be on their toes because when the Cajuns get base runners, they are going to take off. Pitching matchup not known for tonight. LSU has not formally announced their starter at the time of this recording. And ULL, as well, has not announced a starting pitcher for tonight. Really, your guess is as good as mine. For either team, um, I think you'll probably see a number of guys for LSU, obviously, tonight. Get get some guys some work. I know Jay mentioned yesterday he wants to get Grant Taylor back out on the mound after really his roughest outing of the season on Saturday. Getting back out there, you know, back to work and, and back comfortable because Grant Taylor's been awesome for LSU all year. That was the one hiccup. On, on Saturday, so you'll most likely see him. Don't know if that'll be in a starting role or not, but uh, you should see Grant Taylor tonight for LSU at some point. Uh, when it comes to the Cajuns on the pitching staff, look, I mean, they've had 
I'm looking at it right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different guys start at least one game for them this year. So your guess really is as good as mine with with who Matt Deggs might send out there. As a staff, it's not a bad staff. It's not a, a great staff. They're just kind of middle of the pack there. Uh, they've got some really, really good arms. The back end of the bullpen has been really solid. Chipper Menard is tied for the team lead in saves with Jacob Schultz, but Schultz has moved more into a starter role for the Cajuns as of late. So Chipper Menard is that guy at the back end. 17 appearances out of the bullpen. That leads the team. Three saves. You're going to look at the ERA and say, eh, 5.06, that's not great. Uh, but it's what he's done lately that's been really good. So that ERA is elevated because of his first two outings of the year where he gave up five earned runs combined in those two outings. The other 15 outings, his last 15 outings, he's given up five earned runs combined matching the first two. So he's been really good. Left-handed arm at the back end. LSU struggle with lefties. If it's close, probably going to see Chipper Menard try it out there to try and close out the game. Other arms to really keep an eye on. Bo Bonds out of the bullpen, another great reliever. 13 appearances, more of a long relief type guy. 30 and two-thirds innings. Has made one start, but mainly out of the bullpen. It's a sub-three ERA. Jake Hammond is another guy. sub Sub 2-7 ERA, 1-0 in the year, 10 appearances all out of the pen, 10 in the third inning. So really kind of an inning inning per outing guy there. So they do have good arms. Uh, and again, man, keep an eye on Menard, the back end of that bullpen, a lefty. If it's close, LSU could be in some trouble with how they've struggled against left-handed arms. As far as the LSU Tigers themselves, what you want to see is the bounce back. Obviously, look... You'd love for LSU to be able to use this as a get-right spot, in essence. I mean, this is a big opportunity for LSU this week. The Cajuns are a good team. They are hot, and they are coming in wanting to beat their in-state rival. LSU, of course, leads the overall series, but the Cajuns have won three of four. LSU stopped that three-game win streak last year at the Teague on the road in Lafayette with an 11-2 victory in what I believe was game number four of the season. Uh but this is a team that has confidence when playing against you. This is two teams that actually saw each other in the fall. LSU, you know, you're able to play those those scrimmages against other teams now. They played two against uh, against the Cajuns, 18 innings in one day. Uh, and look, the first one was highly competitive, where ULL was able to hold LSU down for about six innings before the Tiger Bats really broke through and were able to pull away. Uh, that was back in the fall, obviously. It's April now, but just there is some familiarity between these two clubs already. So it, it should make for a really good game. So can LSU go out there, bounce back? You'd love to see them, as I said, get this, you, you know, use this as a get right game, but the Cajuns are a little bit better than that. You win this one, you got three winnable games this weekend in conference play. So it's paramount to get off to a good start to this week tonight. Field it well. LSU really did that the last two games of the Arkansas series. Just one error over the final 18 innings of that of that series. And more so the error, they made the plays that were supposed to be made, which hampered them uh, on, on Thursday night. So keep that in front of your mind. Make those plays and use this one to get back on the right track heading into a, a big conference weekend against the Missouri Tigers.
And then lastly, as we close up shop for today, just a couple of housekeeping notes. Jay Johnson, yesterday's media availability, did give a couple injury updates on some guys. Let's start first with Alex Malazzo. You know, we obviously need to get him back, um, but... I mean, it just he can do just about everything but catch. And so that's tough when that's his, his skill set. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I haven't seen him. We're, we're past that two-week mark. Or, excuse me, it'll be the two-week mark on Tuesday from when I guess he re-aggravated it, and that was kind of a key evaluation time. So, look, I mean, look, it, it, is, a, it is a big loss. Um, you know, I mean, McManus and Dravinsky, they've done their dead-level best filling in. Uh, mainly it's been offensive, though, that you've gotten more out of him than Milazzo. And we told you what ULL can do on the base paths. This is a night where you very well could miss Alex Milazzo a lot behind the plate. You haven't really faced teams that run this year, so it hadn't really hurt you from that standpoint. I mean, there have been the you know the wild pitches or pass balls. Um, I mean, you could almost assure that number would be at least cut in half with Milazzo back there. But offensively, those two guys have really really shown through. They're going to get a test defensively with their arms tonight against the Cajuns. As far as when they might be able to get Malazzo back, I mean, it's... I don't want to speculate really on, on something like that. I, I will say, though, that the re-aggravation of that knee injury worries me, where it looked like he had built up the strength back in the, the need to get get back out there, and he's in the he's in the lineup and in the bullpen warming up the starter before the game and, and can't go. That's that's never a, a good sign when you're back or they think you're back and you're in and then you're out minutes before a game time. Uh, so, look, this you heard Jay Johnson say there, this two week, it's two weeks from today that that happened. That was a key evaluation period for him. Let's see going forward uh, how Alex Malazzo is and if they can get him back because, man, that would bolster this defense tremendously and uh, also help you in the way that you pitch, right? You're more likely to want to bounce a breaking ball or, or things of that nature with Alex Malazzo back there than than uh, Hayden Travinsky or or Tyler McManus. And the other the other injury updated was that of Gavin Dugas. Gavin swung the bat yesterday. Felt good about it. Um, we are going to crank up the intensity of you know uh, whether it be live at bat or, or machine with velocity uh, to see how effective he can be um, while swinging the bat. So that certainly sounds like a, a really good sign. Good update on on Gavin Dugas. Uh, we'll see how quickly he can come back. But swung the bat on Sunday. Felt good about it. They're cranking it up the intensity this week. See if they can't get him back. Probably won't see him tonight, but potentially maybe this weekend. And it's not to say that you know you you immediately just take Josh Stevenson out because the freshman's done really really well both defensively and at the plate. Honestly, uh, which, I mean, the bat was kind of what was maybe a little bit behind in the fall and, and preseason. It's coming about here through the toughest part of your schedule uh, with, with Josh Stevenson. So you don't immediately just take him out. But Gavin Dugas, if healed up enough to where you can play through the pain and be effective, is a bat you absolutely have to have in the lineup. So you figure out ways to maybe get both of them in. That's Gavin Dugas is potentially that right-handed DH on on some days. Uh, maybe if you have a lefty on the mound and you don't want Joe Bear out there, you can DH Gavin Dugas and have Stevenson in the outfield and have both of them in in the lineup. But, I mean, look, Gavin Dugas is a team leader. He is number eight on this team. Like, There's a reason he has that number. He hit 19 homers and led the SEC in RBI last year. When that guy's healthy and able to be effective, he's going to be back in this lineup 
then it'll be up to Jay Johnson to figure out where. But that's a bat you do have to have in there because while the numbers aren't quite what they were last year, it's your leader in on-base percentage, so he's getting on at a high clip still. And he's come through in plenty clutch RBI situations for LSU, even though the the quantity maybe isn't there like last year. The quality of those ribbies is for Gavin Dugas. So the sooner you can get him back, that makes you a better offensive team. And you'll just have to figure out how to make it work with him and Stevenson in the lineup some days and one or the other in the lineup on on others. But absolutely a bat you want back and uh, and need back. That's going to wrap us up for today. Again, get subscribed up to the show however you find the podcast. Easiest way to find it each day is to be subscribed. Follow me on Twitter at Musso Matthew. Tigers, Cajuns tonight, the final Wally Pontiff Jr. Classic game. 6.30, first pitch from Alec Box Stadium, Skip Burtman Field. We'll have a full recap for you here tomorrow on Musso at the Box. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 